How's it going? It's fixing to be a lot better, man. Welcome to Dazed and Confused 33 and a Third. I'm your host, Jarf, and I'm so excited to be back. We are going to have a great episode this week. We have a guest coming to us all the way from Austin. His name is Chuck. He's an outdoorsman and a super fan of Dazed and Confused. Welcome, Chuck. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. It's such a great opportunity. Thank you, Jar. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So we are covering track 26 with Right Place, Wrong Time by Dr. John. And it starts with Don tricking the kids in line for the keg into running away by telling them he sees the cops. And it ends with Benny sarcastically telling Pink to have a nice night. So we're partying at the Moon Tower and we've got some development of the conflict between Pink and the other football players over the pledge. So I just wondered what moment in this scene spoke to you the most? Oh, man. Uh, Such a great scene. You know, I kind of broke it down into like three different segments. But definitely the part where Benny's talking to Pink, I believe that really, really spoke to me a lot. You know, mainly because, you know, when I was in high school and being an athlete, you know, it's always about the team. You know what I'm saying? So what sports did you play? I played basketball. I played football my, my freshman and sophomore year. And uh, basketball became more um, became more of a focus, and I started getting recruited by colleges and things like that. So I played all all four years, went on to play a little bit of college basketball as well. Oh, cool! But yeah, and did you grow up in Austin, or did did you move there later? Oh no, I grew up in Austin, born and raised. <laughs> nice. Yeah, kind of a, of, a, of a rarity these days here in Austin. Um, if I tell anybody I'm from Austin, they're like, "Really? Are you, are you sure?" I'm like, "Sure." Yeah, you want to check my birth certificate? <laughs> got a birth certificate <laughs> yeah we i mean we have so many people moving here and um but yeah i'm, I'm from austin born and raised cool cool so you were saying that because of your experience as a high school athlete and later college you really focused in on this discussion with benny and pink were you were you related more with benny or with pink you know i really could see both sides i can kind of give you a little example uh you know i was in high school one of my good buddies um we got to our senior year of high school and we were really good a uh, really good basketball team uh, a lot of good guys that went on to play college and stuff like that and we was like going to start all five seniors that our senior year and you know my buddy had a hard time with the coach the coach kind of had it what he wanted the team to look like and it didn't include him and so, like, him and I was having these conversations throughout the year. And I was like, he's like, man, I'm going to quit. I'm quit. I'm done. I can't deal with this, stu- this stuff. And, and eventually he quit, you know. And, and so kind of looking back at this scene, it really touched home. You know, I can, I can understand where Benny's coming from. And at the same time, I can understand where Pink's coming from. You know, I look at Pink. He kind of really kind of sits on the fence a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what he wants to do. I think he just kind of just, like, wants to be a rebel. But then again, he doesn't, you know. But... You know, you just kind of looking back at that scene, and I'm and I kind of see myself as Benny talking to my friend. You know, I'm like, this is this is for us, man. Don't quit. You know, just try to tough it out. You know, uh, but eventually he goes his own way. You know, who knows what Pink decides to do? I mean, he does tell the coach like <laughs> at the end. You know, I may play football, but I'm definitely not signing this. You know, but yeah, it, it definitely resonated a lot with me just being an athlete and and. Uh, you know, having friends that, that went through that. So that's cool. 
That's cool. Because what I liked about it is you can relate to Benny's point and his perspective, even if he is being a bit of a jerk about it, especially mm-hmm. with that that sarcastic have a nice night at the end. Yeah. But But you know, but I got come to jump in real but what's what's kind of funny is too is that Ollie earlier in the movie when Melvin goes and picks up that note and he brings it back to Pink and Benny's like, What are you doing? Like He's going to make up his own mind. But then, like, what, 10, 10 20 beers later, he's like, ah, oh, man, like, you're not doing this for us. You need to do this for us. <laughs> right. and stuff like that. I'm like, like, what changed all of a sudden? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, Benny just got, like, an ego, man. Like, you know, I, I found that really funny, you know? So. Oh, I never noticed that. That's a great point. But I like that they include this scene because it complicates the question for Pink. I think right. it's a lot easier when Pink can just see it as him versus the coaches. So him right. versus authority. Like you said, he wants to be a bit of a rebel. But then right. once Bendy brings in this element, like, you know, you're all, you're going to be fucking us too. And <laughs> right. we were going to do this together. So now it's a lot tougher for him to decide, okay, maybe he's just not going to play. So right. yeah, I think that it's good to introduce that complication and introduce it now in the third act where we're kind of, we're getting back to that question and starting to wonder, okay, what is he going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that's a great point. Like, you know, Pink's like, yeah, <laughs> like it's just me and the coach. Now it's Ben. He's like, okay, whoa, 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 where'd this come from, man? And the song is really perfect for that moment too. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll probably get into that point at some point, but yeah, I, I definitely see that whole blind side part. Like, Hey, I thought we were boys, man. What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious what you'll say about the song because I I saw the song really connecting more to Mitch just navigating the party and he looks a bit out of its element. <laughs> and one of the things from a technical standpoint that I found interesting is the way that they used a string from the camera to Mitch to make sure that they were keeping that same focal point. And so as they follow him along, he's tightly in focus and then everything is happening all around him and it gives that sense of disorientation so it's kind of like right place wrong time he's trying to figure out how he fits in but it sounded like you saw it tying back to benny and pink i'm curious how like i said earlier i kind of saw the three segments right that i wonder if like link later was kind of like i wonder what he was thinking so you know like at the beginning of that scene you know there's the high school kids drinking the beer right so they're in the right place but then the other character, he goes over to, oh, the cops are here. All of a sudden, it turns into the wrong time, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and so then, like, just like you said about Mitch, you know, jumps to the second part, the second segment, you know, Mitch kind of wandering through the party. He's dazed. It's definitely the moment he's dazed and confused, right? <laughs> right. And so, and he's, and so, like, he's a oh, man, I'm like, you know, if he was an eighth grade Mitch, like, he would be in basically for him he's in the right place right because that's what all of the new incoming freshmen they want to be at those type of parties right but you know like wrong time i guess you could kind of say well you know maybe he's not in the right mindset at the time i guess i don't know that's kind of hard to explain but you know you go to the last segment of that scene with benny and pink right so you know you're thinking like you said earlier like 
Pink was thinking about, okay, it's just me in the cold situation, you know, but he's in the truck now with Benny and he's just, you know, having beers. He's in the right place, right? He's not thinking anything's going to go down or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, like, Benny just unloads on him and it becomes the wrong time. Like, this is not the right, you know, it's the wrong time to come talk crazy to me, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so that's the way I kind of saw it, right place, wrong time. Like, like Benny's killing my buzz. He is. He is. He's killing the buzz, man. Like, come on. So, yeah, that's the way I kind of saw it. I like that. All right, all right, all right. So when we were talking before we started recording, right? you mentioned that you had a couple stories about some of the cast members. So I wanted to make sure that we had time to, to share that. Yeah. So, you know, being here in Austin, you, you'll see a lot of people uh, from the cast just around town you know like the teacher mr payne right uh mr payne sir you know every second that you could let us out early would really increase our chances of survival it's like our sergeant told us before one trip into the jungle men 50 of you are leaving on a mission 25 of you ain't coming back He's a really good. He's a real good friend of my family, and um, his name is uh, Julius Ten, and he's actually married to um, Viola Davis. Oh, yeah, they're married. No way. And, yeah, uh huh. <laughs> nope. Nobody really knows, you know. But you know, yeah, that's his wife. They've been married for some years now. But yeah, and I've seen Richard Linklater. Oh my, so many times. You know, I've seen him around town. He'll be biking, you know, on South Congress, or he'll be down uh, Rainy Street just biking and things like that. And uh, one day I was at the uh, Violet Crown movie theater. I was there just kind of doing some studying for school or whatever. And um, I, I look out the window. I have a picture too. I'll, I'll, I'll send, send it to you on uh, on Instagram sometime later today. And I was like, man, that looks like Linklater. It's the first time I've ever seen him in person, you know? And like, I'm freaking out, man. I'm like, like this is like Michael Jordan to me of filmmaking, <laughs> in my opinion, you know? <laughs> so he walks into the theater. I walk over my book and I'm, you know, Link's probably like, I don't know, 5'10". I'm like 6'4". So I'm like standing over him and I'm giving him my book. I said, can I have your autograph? He looks at me he's like, you want my autograph? I was like, yeah, man. Do you know who you are? He was like, well, okay. Are you sure? I was like, yeah, give me your autograph, man. This is a this is a great moment for me, man. And so uh, yeah, he gave me his autograph and um, I got some tickets from him because he has, has a, a film society here, which is called the Austin Film Society here in Austin, Texas, to one of his uh, movies that he had. He was showing that evening. So, yeah, I got a chance to run into a lot of these cast members and link later and things like that. So, Do you remember what movie he was showing? Oh, man. Man, that was some years ago. No, it was um, the kind of like the spinoff to Days and Confused. Everybody wants some. Oh, nice. I love that yeah. movie. Yeah. Everybody wants some. Really good movie, man. But yeah, he was he was premiering that evening. So yeah, I got like I said, I've seen him around town and he's just he's such a real laid back guy, you know. His movies definitely reflect who he is as a person. His personality. I'm not sure if anybody you probably checked him out on YouTube or saw some of his videos where he talks, his mannerisms and things like that. So he's exactly who he is, man. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And I do see that reflected in his films, both like what ends up on screen and then what I've read about what happened behind the scenes, mm -hmm. where he just has a way of bringing out the best in people and creating an environment where people have fun and they own their characters and shape them and it's collaborative. So that's a big part of what I appreciate about him as a filmmaker. Thanks for sharing that. That's really cool. Yeah, sure thing. Pretty jealous. <laughs> so how about the 
fashion. Was there a particular character's fashion that stood out to you the most? In the scene or just in the whole movie? In the movie overall. Oh, man. Without a question, that has got to be David Wooderson, man. <laughs> His fashion stands out beyond anybody. Like, you know, you kind of, when you look at the high school scene, right, everybody's kind of wearing close to what each other's wearing, right? You have your cliques and you know, they kind of mock each other, but Wooderson, man, his 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 fashion just stands apart from everybody else, in my opinion. I mean, definitely for obvious reasons, you know. He's he's cool, he's laid back, man. He has a Ted Nugent, Two Fang, and Claw album T-shirt on. He's got the '70s porn stash. He's got the, <laughs> <laughs> he's got the quartz necklace, you know. And I was I was reading up on what a quartz necklace is. It means it's like it's supposed to mean like spiritual growth, spirituality, wisdom. I was like, okay, he's the older guy. He's you know he knows a little bit more than everybody else. Yeah, that matches him. Yeah, yeah, it definitely matches him, man. And then he's got these nut hugging, peach colored, salmon colored chinos on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like he's he's different from everybody else, man. You know, I think his style hourly was you know definitely more than anybody else's in that movie you know I, you know i think we all know Wooderson from that iconic line of all right all right all right you know but when it comes to fashion man i don't think anybody <laughs> could touch him at all yeah that's fair yeah can't argue yeah. with that so we talked about the song a little bit and just how it thematically tied in right i was curious if they made a movie about your high school days what song would play on the soundtrack in your version of this scene? Wow. Um, if they made a movie about my high school days, what song would I play? You know, I, I graduated high school in 2004. Okay. And uh, around that time in my world, you know, musicians like DMX, Jay-Z, you know, Outkast, you know, Ludacris, Kanye West, all those guys were the hot mainstream people mm-hmm. that, you know, everybody kind of listened to. And I had all those musicians on like my mix CD rotations if, Sorry, Gen Z kids. Y'all probably don't know what mixed cities are, but they kind of thing, <laughs> man, back in the early 2000s. <laughs> you know, like you really had to select good songs. You couldn't just like skip to another song on your iPhone or anything like that. But yeah, you had to put some good music together. But, you know, I'm from Texas and, you know, Days Confused was set in Texas, written, directed by, you know, Richard Linklater, who's from Texas, um, you know. And so I would, if I had to pick a song, it would be by a musician from Houston uh, by the name of Devin the Dude. He has a song called Anything from his album called To The Extreme. I like that song so much, man, because it has such a great beat to it. The lyrics are great, too, as well. And plus, like, in the, in the spirit of Days of Confused, you know, it's weed smoking. Devin the Dude is really makes music geared to the weed smoking community, you know? And so okay. Everybody knows Devin the Dude for that reason. But in the song, you know, he has these lyrics and it's kind of, he says stuff like, uh, like, you're not the only one that has problems. You're not the only one who knows pain. He's like, get up off your ass and just solve it. Anything is plenty, you know? Hmm. And so yeah, I think that song really fits me in 2004 in high school. The funny thing is, is that that song, well, the, the beat was sampled from Rick James' song uh, called Hollywood. And that song came out around the same time as Days of Confused. So, like, if I, if I got 
you know, catapulted in like in a DeLorean and went back to 1977, 1978, I'll probably use Rick James' song, Hollywood, which is really good. Um, has the same type of feel to it as well. Uh, Lyric-wise, it's a song about a young kid wants to move to Hollywood and he's trying to tell his parents, hey, I'm moving away. Let me go. This is where I want to be to make it in life and things like that. So I really, really like that song. I think, you know, somebody like Pink could definitely listen <laughs> to either both of those songs and learn a lot. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's where I, I find my music at right there. Cool. I like those recommendations. And a couple that you mentioned earlier on, Ludacris, Outkast. I could definitely see something 2000s from them in this scene also. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking about using one of their songs, but I really want to try to keep it Texas, you know, and uh, a song that not a lot of people know of, but if you're a weed smoker, you know this song, so. (laughs) Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. So we were talking a bit about just kind of the party vibe Mm -hmm. at the Moon Tower. And one of the behind the scenes stories that is my absolute favorite from the oral history is, so Deanna Martin, that is the actor that played Siobhan, her boyfriend at the time, Pete Milius, he said that he had a cooler in his trunk with party supplies. And he said, I wasn't supposed to do that, but I mean, we're at a keg party. So he always joked that he was the craft services for beer and weed. <laughs> that's funny, man. Um, I've never heard that story, man. That's that's interesting. I'm going to do some research on that. Yeah, I thought it gave a bit of a glimmer into what it was like behind the scenes when they were making this movie and everything that happened after they yelled cut. Yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely see like, you know, especially all those actors, man, they were like, what, in their early 20s? Mm-hmm. And, and, and some younger. Yeah, yeah, even younger. Yeah, you have an ensemble like that in Austin, Texas. Oh, man, like, I can only imagine, like, like all the things they were doing and, and just on set. And especially with Linklater being so laid back, man, he's like, yeah, whatever. Do what you got to do, man. Just, right. <laughs> just just be there and do your scenes. And well, guess what? If you learn something from this crazy that you're doing, hey, bring it on set. We might use it, you know? So... Yeah, I, I could definitely see that happening. The other thing I wanted to point out is, not you, you probably already know this, but in case you missed it, listener, there is a very short cameo by Renee Zellweger in this track. So she's the one helping Darla with the beer bong. Yeah. You know what's so funny is like, I've heard people, t- and I've seen that part for sure, but like every time I watch something about Days of Confusion, people are like, oh, we're... When they said we got a start in, in uh, Days Confused, I'm like, she's in there for like 10 seconds. What are we talking about? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, she's a great actress, and she's in one of my in my favorite movies of all time, Jerry Maguire. That's my number one movie. But, like, I'm thinking, like, man, she had, like, a major part, or she's just, like, you know, but she really is, and she's, like, in there for, like, a split second. If you don't pay attention, like, she's, you know, you don't really notice that she's even in there. But, yeah, that's that's uh, that's funny. And she's from Texas, right? Oh, I don't know. I think she, you know, yeah, she is. She is from Texas. I can definitely see how she got onto the film. I think, I think she actually went to the University of Texas as well. If I'm not mistaken. So, but I mean, look at, I mean, that, I mean, jeez, man, that, the crew from, you know, McConaughey, her, you know, Affleck, I mean, they, these are war winners, man. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, what a cast and, and what a job of casting this ensemble movie with so many young actors 
and getting such great performances out of them and just being able to find people that are going to bring such life to these characters. Because in some cases, there's a pretty big difference between what Linklater, sorry, Linklater originally had in mind for the character and what we end up seeing. Like Darlo was in his mind more of like a really gruff and tough bully, but then Parker Posey showed up and she's like, hey, and kind of gave this vibe that he liked a lot more. Right. And then, I mean, his vision for Wooderson was a lot darker than the way McConaughey plays it. Obviously, there's still creepy elements to what he's saying, but he really saw it more as the like genuinely sad and scary older guy. So it's just he lets people bring their own charm to it. And I dig that. Yeah, he does. And it's so funny because, you know, when I talk to people about it, especially like the Waterson character, like, to some people, they still see him as being, like, even dark. You know, like, they're like, that is a creep. Like, a creep. They can't see, like, the humor or anything just outside. They're like, this, no, that's not the right thing to do. I'm just like, listen, it's a movie. This is from what Linklater saw in his life, you know, things like that. Like, don't don't take it too serious, but I understand where you're coming from in some respects, you know. But, man, like, even in high school, like, I knew a guy like that too, man. Just come around and, you know, like, dude, come on. You graduated like four years ago, man. Why are you <laughs> Right. What are you still doing here? <laughs> yeah, it is just a movie. I... I think that it's fair to say, okay, if that's really happening, that's creepy. Right. I sure. I look at it as portrayal does not imply endorsement. Of course. I enjoy the movie because it's just, it's almost like a day, right? It's like just hanging out with your friends, the last day of school. There's no real super dramatic moments. Only time you really see that really is when Pink and Benny's in the car, that real heart to heart moment, you know? That's the only time you really see it in the movie. Maybe when the one guy gets into a fight, but even then, like, it's it's just a whole day of just shenanigans, man. You know, riding around town, hanging out with your buddies, drinking beer, stuff like that. And I think, for me, you know, being from Austin, like, I was, like, really, I was like, this is, wow, I, this is cool. Like, oh, I've been to that play. I've been to Top Notch. You know, I've been to the football state. I played games there, you know. And so that's why like, it really captures me the most. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad that I could connect with you, Chuck, that I got to get a chance to chat with you and hear your perspective and, and uh-huh. hear how this movie lands with someone from Austin. Right. That's really cool that you played on that football field. That's yeah. awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've had some games there. Um, like I said, I've been to Top Notch, just still there. It almost got shut down a few years ago. But the community rallied around top-notch hamburgers, really because of uh, Days Confused. Sure. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's you know it's great being from Austin, and the city really does rally around Days Confused and Richard Linklater. So, but hopefully, man, if you get a chance to come to Austin, please come check it out, man, and I'll show you around. Absolutely. And- hey. hey. We'll smoke a joint at the 50-yard line. Let's what do, you do say? it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep on living, right? L-I-V-I. We're going to definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, before you go, I wanted to ask if there was anything that you had to plug or, or mention kind of going on. Well, you know, I, I don't have a podcast or anything. I listen to your podcast. And everybody else has their own thing. So I really just want to give a shout out to or, and plug some just some organizations in Austin that I really work with, you know, and, you know, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. All right, sure. I do a lot of work with the Austin Parks Foundation. You can check those guys out at austinparks.org. They do a lot of great stuff here in Austin, taking care of our parks and, you know, bringing people together and stuff like that. The Austin Film Society, please, if, you, if you're in Austin, 
go by the Austin Film Society, check out a movie there. You might catch Rich and Link later there, just hanging out. It's a cool place to be. If you want some food, go to Anything's Baked Potato. It's in Austin off of Rosewood Avenue. Ran by some good friends of mine that I've known since we were kids. Ran in the basketball circuit. Probably the best baked potato in the nation, in my opinion. And uh, if you want some laughs, uh, come check out my cousin. His name is Charles Adams. You can find him on Instagram at charlesadams.junior. Probably the funniest person in Austin, man. So That's great. Well, thanks again for joining. This has been a blast, Chuck. Thank you, Jarv. And uh, take care. Look forward to seeing you in Austin sometime soon. Sounds good. All right. Not to worry. There's a new fiesta in the making. Join us at the Moon Tower, our Facebook listeners group. Until next time, just keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.